As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Preacher Boys podcast. I make this show for you, and I hope that you really enjoy it. I have a lot of people that ask me how they can support the show financially, and you can do that by heading over to patreon.com slash preacherboys. You're going to get access to exclusive content, including early releases of episodes. I've got a couple episodes right now that have been released at least a month early over on Patreon. You've got access to things like unique merch, depending on what tier you join, and you get access to some behind-the-scenes content that I'm posting within the group. So head over to patreon.com slash preacherboys and become a member over there today. Every single supporter helps make this show a little bit more possible, especially as I continue to add additional episodes and content every single week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get back to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I want to make a quick correction to something that was said in this episode. In the conversation, it was stated that there were nine confirmed perpetrators of abuse at Parkside Baptist Church. That was misstated, and I want to correct it. There were nine confirmed counts of abuse, not nine confirmed perpetrators. I wanted to make that distinction before starting the episode, but thank you so much for listening and enjoy this conversation. Trigger warning. This podcast contains descriptions of various abusive situations. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to the Preacher Boys Podcast, a podcast shedding light on decades of mental, physical, and sexual abuse within the independent fundamental Baptist movement. The testimonies shared on this podcast are told from the personal experience and perspective of the survivors. Not all legal outcomes are known or final. Any suspect is presumed innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. Now, here is your host, Eric Skwarzynski. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Preacher Boys podcast. I'm sitting down with three different guests. I have Caitlin, Becca, and one of the OGs of the Preacher Boys podcast, Tim. He got to be there month two, uh, and I cringed my way re-listening <laughs> through our episode recently uh, at my uh, my hosting skills that had not developed at all yet. Um, and so if you think I'm bad now, you got to go back and listen to that episode. Uh, but I'm, I'm really excited to have you you all on. Uh, and uh, 
really excited to talk a little bit about what you're doing with these protests. And I just want to say off the bat, because people tend to listen to the beginning of episodes and then drop out, like, um, I really appreciate the way you're going into these. I appreciate that these are peaceful protests, that you're not standing there screaming at people on the street. Um, I always get nervous when I see people organize things like this because uh, it can do more harm than good to the message that's being shared. So from all I have seen, from all that uh, I have talked to you guys about, um, thanks for just doing this the right way and doing something that's going to help rather than hurt. Uh, But before we talk about that specifically, I really want to just get a little mini bio for each of you. Um, Essentially, how you got started and what time period at Parkside uh, and then around what time you left. Uh, So I know that's a long story. I know we could probably each fill an episode uh, and at some point we might, uh, but just a a condensed version of your interaction with Parkside and uh, Tim, since you, uh, since you've been on before, give us uh, give us your, your answer first uh, and then uh, we'll keep going from there. Okay. um, My family was at Parkside when I was born, so 1986. And when we left, I came back as a teenager, early adult. And I left um, when the um, charges came out in 2017, 18. And then Becca, for you? I went to Parkside out of college-ish, um, kind of left home where my dad was an IFB preacher and joined Parkside with family, uh, was somewhat involved there, not in a grand matter. Uh, most recently, 2013-ish, I know my oldest daughter was actually dedicated, you know, to Christ at that church. So getting out had more to do with where I was at, at that point in my life with Christianity, kind of had some questions that I needed answered that I couldn't get answered there. And Caitlin, what about you? I started visiting Parkside in July of 2012 and joined about a month later and left in June of 2016. So right about four years. And I am very much a Christian. I love Jesus. I love the Bible. And I realized that most of what I've been taught in 24 years, my entire life in the IFB contradicted a lot of what I read and what I understood. So it was hard to leave, but I knew I was doing the right thing for my spiritual life and for my mental health, for sure. Yeah. So each of you left for different reasons. I mean, uh, you know, normal life circumstances, noticing that maybe what you believe didn't line up with what the church believed. Uh, you know, Tim, you mentioned uh, abuses, which is obviously something that has drawn all of you back to Parkside in a way to, to talk about these things. And that's really the the thing that always makes me curious is there's people that leave environments like Parkside where they see abuses, they see bad teaching, they see just a negative environment for whatever reason. There's the people that leave and never look back. And then there's the people that leave, turn around and start saying like, come with me or like, hey, let's talk about some of these issues. What was the motivator to come back and say, hey, let's talk about these issues rather than me just leave, get off scot-free and leave everyone else to figure it out for themselves? Um, Caitlin, for you, what was kind of that driving force? I was there for four years, like I said, and did not know in those four years that I was sharing church membership with a registered sex offender. I did not know that our church pianist allowed her husband after he was out of jail and probation back into the home with their children that 
were some of his victims. I did not know these things. And I left, like I said, for spiritual reasons and did not know this until about a year later. Um, year and a half later, actually. I left in 2016. And early 2018 is when I found out about Sal being a sex offender. And a week later is when Ben was arrested. And it was such a shock. And honestly, it felt a little bit of a betrayal because for the people that were there, you know, 2011 and before, they knew what was going on. They knew that he was coming back into the home, back into the church. I didn't know that. My family didn't know that. No one's told like, oh, you're going to join the church, but you need to know this beforehand so you can make an informed, consented decision. We weren't told that. My family wasn't told that. And had I pulled up at that church in 2012 and people had said, hey, there is a registered sex offender in this church and everyone's told to ignore it, I wouldn't have stayed. I wouldn't have kept going there. And had um, someone set up back then, I feel like it would have saved me a lot of heartache. At the same time, I know that it was good for me to be there when I was because of different reasons. But at the same time, you know, looking yeah. back, is always 2020. And yeah. I just know that if I could help somebody, I want to. Yeah. Well, that that's the thing I think that comes out of a lot of these stories is like, I think for most people, there was a lot of good, right? I mean, like the reason people stay is because there are benefits that we use to justify anything else that happens, you know, and there's a lot of positive memories. Like all of my memories for the first 18 years are on one little L-shaped building and a couple acre campus, you know? So like, yeah, all of my good memories and bad memories in equal measure are there. Um, and it's honestly what makes it a little bit harder. Like it, it makes it harder to talk about this stuff. It makes it harder when you recognize people in the pews who are either willingly ignoring stuff or just totally oblivious to stuff because you have these positive connections to these people in, the, in this place. Um, I, and I want to talk about this too, because, you know, a lot of times in these stories, you know, abuse case happens, which is going to happen. You get enough people in a room eventually there's a bad person that comes in the room. Like uh, yeah, Parkside happens to be many, many people. Um, and we always say, you know, it, it's not abuse happening in the church that makes it the church's fault. Um, it's how the church chooses to respond. Um, you've hinted a little bit about how the church has responded in the past, but give me kind of like the temperature of like, does the church address these things at all when they happen? Is it hush hush? Does the general, congregation know something happened at all like what happens when an abuse scandal takes place um, and anyone can take that question because i'm sure each of you probably have a, a unique perspective on it as far as recently um i know you've posted as well that they cut out parts of their sermon addressing it which is very concerning first of all there's a history of cover-up in that church and to sit here and be like okay well we're just going to take this out and you can't use that context against them unless you were there or recording at the time of their sermon. Um, it's just all the cover-up is too much. Like Tim, Caitlin, anything to add to that? I um, saw nodding. I know when, <laughs> I know when, when Ben was arrested, mm -hmm. I'd already left. But it was a shocker because, you know, he and I were friends and not very close, but we knew each other. We went to school together. So they're on bus routes and all these different things. And um, it was a big shocker. And he was engaged at the time. And everyone in the church was told, 
don't talk to this broken up couple about their engagement. They're going through a lot of hurt. And he disappeared for months. And no one knew where he was. No one was told where he was. And when he was arrested in 2018, in February, and I found out that the pastor had reported him, I thought, wow, that's really hard. Because, first of all, you're the pastor of this church. You know, people are going to be mad. They're going to leave. There's lots of marital family ties. That's hard. And I thought, good for him for doing the right thing and reporting this man that he respected to the police. And to find out that that didn't happen when he was told, this is not me speaking. This is, you can look up Dallas County court records. And according to the pastor's testimony in trial, he was told by a child molester in November of 2017, I harmed a child. I did this. And he did not report it till February of 2018, according to police. And And, and this is Mike Wells to confirm specifically. Okay. Cause there, there was a pastor prior to Mike Wells Right. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure that was him. Yes. And I mean, I think it's hard to ever have to report something that you don't fully know. Yeah. But that's our job. If we suspect abuse, if we suspect harm is being done to a child, it is our job as adults, as many reporters, to tell the police and put it in their hands. And to know that for almost five months that didn't happen, that's really hard to to fathom, especially in a place that preaches purity and safety and security. Now, I was at Parkside whenever the pastor announced Ben's um, arrest at a church, and he never mentioned him by name. He just mentioned that there was that, as you've seen, you've, you all seen the news, and there's somebody who was um, charged of this. And if anyone has been abused by this man, then come forward. He never mentioned one name at all during his time bringing to the church. Which is a super I mean, this, this happened recently with, uh, with Wilkerson at First Baptist of Hammond. Like when you don't give enough details for people to even ask mm-hmm. the right questions to the right people, you know, especially when you have people, I think so many of these guys at Parkside were bus workers, Sunday school teachers, you know, and like if, if someone's teaching a, you know, for example, I don't know if any of them fit this criteria, but they're teaching a sixth grade Sunday school class. It would probably help parents to be able to know to talk to their sixth grade aged kids who were there during that time, you know? And so when you don't have that specificity or that clarification, it, it makes it a little bit tricky to really identify any other potential issues. Um, I, I want to know, and this is totally, a, I, I guess, a perspective from inside and everybody who goes to different churches kind of understands the workings of their own church. What do you think is the motivation to cover up these things? Like you said, Caitlin, you mentioned, you know, there's all this preaching about purity and about protecting people and about safety and standing against, you know, bad things. Um, Why do each of you think that there is such an emphasis on not reporting or on actively keeping these things hush hush under the rug versus exposing them? A lot of it is just how they look. Mm-hmm. they want to bring people in from the community. They want their numbers. They want their 10% of everybody's check. If they put themselves in a bad light and say, yes, we have this issue inside of our church. Yes. These people did horrible, unmentionable things to children. 
you're not going to have people flooding for their big days and eating food off of their table. If you, yeah. if they had handled it better, if they had reported when they knew, that would be a different story. Yeah, we wouldn't, wouldn't be out there. Trust. We wouldn't be out there on Sunday morning had this been taken care of properly and reported to the authorities. We would not be out there if there was not a registered sex offender sitting in the row with children. Hmm. We would not be out there. No. And I think it's just the lying and the cover up. And I was so I was talking to someone recently about how. All of those that were viewed as, you know, rebellious growing up, I was a role follower to a T. I think mm-hmm. I've heard you say that you were too. Like yeah. I never, I was one to sneak out of my parents' house or go to a party. That was not me. I can't imagine that. When I hear people say they snuck out of their house at night, I'm like, the, the, it you- still makes my heart pound. The idea of thinking about like opening my bedroom window and jumping out at night. I don't know how, like there's no, that would never have happened. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So, but those of us who actually asked questions, it was very yep. quickly shut down. Mm-hmm. And so you grew up knowing not to ask questions in the church. And it's funny that, not funny, like in a jovial way, but interesting how all the people that have been caught in this, reported in this, mm-hmm. not just at Parkside, but at so many different churches across the country are those who were the rule followers. You never mm-hmm. would have suspected it. Because they were so good at hiding things. They were so good at lying. Mm-hmm. And you never would suspected it. But when sex is not mentioned, when children are not taught anatomical terms for their body parts, when there's no mention of if someone does this to you, it's not okay, it gets covered up. Because they don't know how mm-hmm. to talk about it. They don't know how to tell their parents, so-and-so did this to me. And therefore, that cycle keeps going on. And we all know, you know, rape is not about sex. It's about power and mm-hmm. control. So people are having their power and control taken away. That cycle just continues until people are told this was wrong. What happened to you is not Mm -hmm. your fault. And that's not happening in this case. Also, children are taught that authority is never to be questioned. And so when someone comes to you and says to do this or do that, you're you're told to not question. So it's it's very easy for abuse to happen whenever you're told that. Right. And I I don't know if this is just my experience. I doubt it is because there's no original experiences I'm seeing uh, with these conversations. But, you know, for me. Swimsuit. Check. Sunscreen. Check. Phone charger. Check. Don't forget to pack the five hour energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry on and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HE travel at 5hourenergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5hourenergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You get people when you say stuff that go like, well, why didn't so-and-so go to the police? Or why didn't you go here? And when you're in it, especially as a kid, uh, and I would say kid being anybody who's under 18, uh, when you're, when you're still under your parents, like there's this, it's not even something that comes to your mind is like being one of the people of power to go to. Like for me, it was like the highest position I could go to is the pastor. Like if it's really, if it's really bad, I go to my youth pastor. If it's really, really bad, I'll go to my pastor. Like police aren't on my list as a kid, you know, like that's not something I think about. It's like, go to the person in charge and they'll figure out what to do. And so that concerns me when I think of people who are actively being abused, because that's where the buck kind of stops. Like they go to this person, he's going to take care of it. And Tim, you make a good point. Like, however they say they took care of it. Okay. Well, then that must be right. <laughs> Cause like, you're not going to do the wrong thing. So that must be fine. Um, clearly at Parkside, this hasn't, it hasn't been fine. There's been a lot of these situations for people who are listening, who aren't hundred percent familiar, we don't have to break down each one, but just number of cases, like how many abuse situations have there been at Parkside that we're aware of um, that have, that have actually been reported or, or confirmed. As far as perpetrators, nine that, that have been confirmed. I know they've also had people come into their church and speak from the pulpit who were registered sex offenders and did not yeah. disclose that information. Whether anyone there was hurt by them, I don't know. But yeah. were they there? Were they welcomed? And were they given a love offering? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know about, um, what is his name? Miguel Anchando. Yeah. yeah. I remember him coming to speak because he spoke when I was there in 2016. Mm-hmm. And thinking, wow, what a great ministry this man has. Because prisons, like, they do, that is a really hard place to reach. They do need some churches. They do need all these things. But they feel this neglect. This man raped a 14-year-old, right? A 14-year-old? Yeah, I believe it was 14. 14 or 15. You can look up on the registry if you're listening. If you want to find out the exact age, you can look. look That part of it was left out. It was this man went to prison and has been redeemed and restored and is now living this life. Awesome. That's great. But you left out a bunch of major details in this. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's the issue, I think. Right, absolutely. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about the goal protest-wise, um, because this is one of the things that I'm sure that I'm sure you're hearing from people who are against the protests. What's the point of doing this? What are you doing? You know, what's the what's your goal here? Um, and so I'll ask that in a nicer way. What's your goal here? <laughs> you know, like what's the plan? Uh, what's the plan? Raising awareness about this, you know, and and honestly, that's how I feel sometimes. Even doing the show is like sometimes you go like, what's going to happen? Like, what are we? Is this doing anything? Are we moving? Are we changing anything? Um, what was the goal of organizing the protest at Parkside and what are you hoping to see happen? Like ideal situation, what do you hope takes place as a result of your, your effort here? You know, living in the DFW area, there are, you know, the major churches here, if you're IFB that have had these allegations and convictions come out of these churches and it, you know, your page actually was shared in a group chat by my brother, John and talking about all of another case, 
you know, listing out all of the Valdivia's family that has been charged at this time. And it's enough is enough. It's not on the news here. It's like even local news. It's not just the church that's hush hushing it. It's the communities that don't know. Yeah. Yeah. When Ben was arrested, it was all over the news. And that was the first I knew about any of these cases. And then literally a week later is when Bob Ross was arrested for failure to report. And so I was like, what is going on in this little Dallas suburb? All of a sudden, everyone's getting arrested. And we actually had a message from a sweet lady yesterday Mm -hmm. asking us. She was invited to the group from one of the survivors and said, I want to know what the goal is for this protest. What does success look like? Yeah. And she said it in a very, very kind way, kind of like, like you, what's your goal? And she truly wanted to know if I'm going to get involved in this, what is the goal? And I told her for me, like, I'm not a cop. I'm not a detective. Detective Winters handled Ben's case. Detective Roundtree is handling Matt's case. That's not my job. I'm not the justice system. We know our justice system is not perfect, but mm-hmm. they're taking care of it right now, mm-hmm. you know, forming case and everything. But if our not our, but if my goal <laughs> is to tell one person in the community, and we've had at least two different people in different Facebook groups and personal messages to me from the community that I've never met in my life, mm-hmm. messages saying, Thank you for doing this. It's finally time this word got out, and I've never met these people in my life. Yeah. When people are stopping and asking us, can we give donations to you financially? How can we help? What can we do? When there's teenage boys coming from the park next door asking, what's going on? Our friends go to this church. We've been invited to like their youth conferences and things. What's going on? I think are making a big difference. And that's my goal. I know that it's not realistic to be out there for the next two or three years or whatever, every single week, just like, we're taking you down. Like, I know that's not possible, but if we can spread the word to the community, that's my personal goal. Tim's like, want to bet? We can do, we can do three years. (laughs) He's he's like, yes, we can. (laughs) My favorite was the lady across the street standing in the animal shelter parking lot with her camera like this in a bush last week. (laughs) We're like, who are you? Do we know you? So many people driving by and recording. And this is just week one. Like, no, we've had, this is just, according to the pastor, it's a one day event, but that's not true. (laughs) Yeah. Um, why do you think the local news hasn't picked up? Is it just lack of awareness? Is it, is it, yeah. Okay. That's a nod (laughs) for for anybody listening. There was a nod affirming that. Feel feel free to let them know. know, There's tip lines everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I actually emailed the woman that was the reporter when Ben was arrested after his trial and he was sentenced to 99 years without Mm. parole. I said, Hey, I've not noticed anything about this trial because i mean it was a big trial when he was first arrested it was yeah. a big case when he was first arrested in the news and i'm like no one covered the trial that's a pretty big deal mm-hmm. i don't know yeah. if anyone who has ever received 99 years without a chance of parole and he recently in august had his appeal denied like that is wow. a major major yeah. thing and it's really awful to think that that shouldn't have happened this cycle should have ended before that happened but right I messaged her and said, hey, I don't know if you read this. I don't know if you saw this. This would be a good follow-up. And they said, it wasn't her. It was her. Secretary said, we pretty much get told by the station what we can or cannot report on. 
if there's any interest in about it, we'll report on it. So kind of if more people reach out, we'll report on it, yeah. which is, I mean, they have a lot of cases. We live in a major city. So Such, if you want to yeah. reach out to the news and tell them. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I, I was, I was looking at the, uh, some of the pictures from the the protest, you know, and it's, uh, there's some powerful images and things. And like, I feel like at a certain point it's got to get covered. Right. I mean, we're looking, you know, the, the picture of someone that group holding up the sign, investigate the church with, you know, two people from Parkside They're They're the Parkside police, you know, <laughs> whatever, whatever they want to call themselves standing on the side, you know, there's some, there's some, powerful stuff like that i think it's it's going to be hard to ignore it uh for a, for mm-hmm. much longer um but yeah i was curious what the what the end goal was what and it sounds like awareness is the number one priority is just making sure people know and it is it's you just i think we just assume people know things like we assume people um when i was at the protest in wildemar there was a guy living across the street and um he came out he's like what's all this for and he's like, oh, I had no idea about that. He's like, I just know that this church is really weird, but I didn't know that there was, you know, this and this and like case and case after case. And, uh, and it was, it was pretty powerful just seeing that awareness happen uh, in a kind of firsthand way. Um, I guess for, I, I, I mean, I guess kind of really the, the big final question about this is like for people who are wanting to help support there's a lot of people in that area. I think, I mean, a lot of my listenership I know is in Texas. Um, it's, it sounds like it could probably just be all the former Parkside people, but um, you know, for someone who's in that area that wants to get involved, like what's the best way to do that? Um, is there a way they find out what time to meet or how to connect with you? Um, what's the, what's the best place to do that? We do have a private Facebook page, Protect Against Parkside. Um, they're more than welcome to send me a message on Facebook if they have any, you know, additional questions. It's Becca Wynn, as it is with my beautiful face. Um, <laughs> you know, we're there Sunday, 945. Their services start at 1045. And we're there as long as we need to be. I think this last Sunday we were there until 1. Their goal was to get there early and to leave late because they don't want to be faced with the harsh truth. But no. We'll be there 9.35. And like we said, not everyone does know. And we know no. there are good people there. Like every other church, there are good no. people there. But I think that if their eyes were open to the truth, they would say, why am I here? Why are my children here? Because they were told by, you know, from the pulpit, this has been handled. This has been taken care of. If mm-hmm. your children have been harmed, let's talk to them. They think it's been taken care of. And even though it's been court documented that it was not taken care of yeah. properly. Right. Um, I mean, who wants to just assume that their pastor's lying to them? Like you said, the yeah. pastor is the ultimate authority in that form yeah. of Christianity. So why would you think that he's just straight up lying to you? Yeah. <laughs> but I think um, it would be really great if some members from in there realized this might not be the safest place for me. We actually had a man stop last week. And he talked to us. He's like, what are y'all doing here? What are, who are you guys? What are y'all doing here? And at first he seemed really receptive of what we were doing. Oh my gosh, this happened. And he was talking to us. And then he said, well, why aren't y'all in the church doing this instead of on the sidewalk and huffed away and walked inside to the church? And we're like, we'd oh, love to. <laughs> and then like five minutes later, he left. So we didn't stay for this service. So maybe we'd do that. Hmm. But yeah. We're like the people inside, at least the leadership, they do know what's going on. The people in the community do not. Yeah. They get tracks and they're 
you know, their door every week. And they, it looks like a great place. It looks like everything is just wholesome and nice, but we know there's yeah. a different story. Yeah, absolutely. One, one, yeah. One, one thing that I wanted to add that they, that I would think they would agree with is that we're there for the victims. Not, not only the ones that, that, that we know about, but the ones that are there in the church that have had not been found out yet. Hmm. So um, we're there for them too. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's huge too. Like it's, it's, it's really helpful to know that there's people outside, like literally outside in this case, but people outside who will support you coming forward will, you know, and, and that's something that's been huge. Like when I have people come on who share their story, like I always tell them, like, you're going to get a couple messages from people. Like I said, it's just, it's a given at this point, like people are going to reach out to you. They're going to say, Oh, the same thing happened to me. I don't want to talk about it, but it helps me to know that you're there, you know, that kind of thing. Um, that's, that's absolutely huge. Um, and it's huge for like, it does, it looks like a great place. Like when you get a flyer on your door and you don't know anything about it, like, um, it can, it's easy for that stuff to slip by. Like, and you want to think that every parent in the community Googles a place before they send their kids. You want to think that every person does their research, but they just don't, you know? So the more you can put it in front of them, um, the better. And, uh, I, I really do. I appreciate um, each of you doing this and all the people who, who couldn't fit everybody that was there on one zoom call for this, but, um, but all the people that show, are showing up and doing this, it's, it's really cool to see. And uh, I'm hopeful I can get out there at some point um, and uh, you know, practice my Texas uh, accent, rock my cowboy hat and, uh, and join y'all out there. Um, but before we, before we close, I was right. You said y'all, that's a good start. Yeah. You got to join y'all out there. Um, but, uh, anything else you want to add before we close out the episode, any other final thoughts, final words? Everyone is definitely welcome to join us. Um, if you're not comfortable, you know, whenever ask survivors to come forward and disclose any of that information. Um, I mean, we're a good group. We're, we're just there to bring awareness. We're just there to stand with survivors, people who have been dismissed, a voice for the voiceless. You don't have to join, you know, a group. You don't have to chat. Just show up. We have signs. We have waters. We have love. Also, I think to anyone that's still, not just a park site, but in any church where they're too scared to leave, but they know they should, yeah. to message us, to listen to you. Like when I left, there was no such thing as Preacher Boys or any other podcast related to the IFB world. So except for a couple of friends that I know, I felt completely alone. And I thought, I'm going to die and go to hell because I'm believing only true religion. And so if you are stuck in this and you're asking yourself questions, there's probably a good reason for that. And looking back, I deconstructed my faith for about six years before leaving. I didn't know even what the word deconstruction was. And you're not alone. If you want to talk to us, you can listen to some podcasts, read some books. I know a really good one that helped me get out was Jefferson Beth Keys is not what you think. And study, do what you've been told never to do study outside materials and figure it out for yourself. Cause you're, if you're ans- asking yourself these questions, there's probably a reason. No, well not. Tim, anything else? Nothing here. <laughs> Put you on the spot at the end, but, uh, but now thanks. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much for for doing this taking the time uh to coordinate all of this and and uh for all jumping on this on this call and uh i really do appreciate it i hope people listening will check it out i'm gonna try by the time you are listening to this uh it should be uh 
beautiful Sunday morning. So uh, <laughs> they'll be out there doing their thing and uh, raising awareness about this. So uh, keep up the good work and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you guys here on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Preacher Boys podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, please leave a review on iTunes. And don't forget to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at Preacher Boys Doc. Additional information can always be found on PreacherBoysDoc.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.